Father, we thank you. Let's thank you from the depth of our heart and say, Lord, we thank you. You are worthy to be praised. Lord, we appreciate you. Be thou be exalted in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Thank you for supply. Thank you for strength. Thank you for the oxygen that will breathe in. Lord, we are grateful. Be thou be exalted in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Father, tonight, please bless your people. Let there be supply. And help us to receive more from you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. With a hand filled with grace, greet five. Okay, five is the number of grace. Greet five. Greet five. Greet five. Greet Samuel. Greet five. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Bazaar. Let's greet ourselves very well. Don't be myself. Greet at least five. Hallelujah. You are blessed in Jesus' name. I welcome you all to the third night of glory. And uh, I want to celebrate all of you that have been coming and coming and coming. I pray that you receive more tonight in Jesus' name. That our gathering together tonight will not be a waste of time. But a time of supply from heaven in the name of Jesus. I've already prayed for Sister Sike. You said yesterday was... The day that make it a year that you join this church. Let's clap for her. And uh, we thank God for your life. You have been involved in so many things. The Lord will continue to bless you in Jesus' name. Please, you can visit her. God bless you. Thank you so much. It's a thing of joy for somebody to remember exactly the time that they joined the church. Your joining this church will be for blessing, for promotion, and for multiplication in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Shout hallelujah. Okay, I welcome Samuel also back. <laughs> Samuel, God bless you. We love you. You are blessed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank God for his blessing. All in all. And the students that are coming to church now voluntarily, they're on holiday. Let's clap for them. Some of them are even here before us. We thank you. God bless you. Especially some of you that are coming from far or that are coming from work, like Okpe, like Sheyi, like Joshua, that you still come, Samuel, all of you, we appreciate you. God bless you in Jesus' name. Your name again, you are always coming regularly too. What's your name again? Eh? Samuel too. God bless you. Let's clap for Samuel too. God bless you. We appreciate you. Actually, what we want from you is that you are coming uh, personally. You are coming willingly. Not that you are coming... Uh, grudgingly but with joy the bible says it is with joy that you are going to draw water from the well of salvation and i pray tonight you'll be blessed in jesus name hallelujah are you happy to be alive okay staniki best is also coming for the tournament of glory after two weeks let's clap for staniki <laughs> hallelujah okay priscilla is coming all the way from Ugumansha. let's clap for priscilla priscilla stand up you have been here for the past three days. God bless you in Jesus' name. You are all blessed in Jesus' name and we celebrate you. The Lord bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. The month of July has been declared as a month of supply. And we call it surplus 
supply more than enough grace that the lord will supply more than enough grace for you to achieve everything you want to achieve in jesus name the lord will give you beautiful results all of us here we have testimony outstanding testimony in jesus name and i said anywhere you see the word grace it means god will supply somebody say with me say god will supply i can't hear you say god will supply the opposite of supply in economics is demand supply means you know availability of goods demands means that okay there's something you are demanding and just as you have it in economics you also have it in the bible in the bible you have law and grace they are at opposite ends to each other why because anywhere you see the word law of god it means demand of god for man don't ever miss it. Just as you don't miss the law of supply and demand in economics, you should not miss the law of supply and uh, demand in the Bible. The word law means God is demanding something from you to do. The word grace means God is supplying something to you to use. The word law means demand from a man what is supposed to do for God to be happy. The word supply means what God is willing to give to you for you to be happy. There are two ends. So you can't be in between. Just as supply and demand cannot be in between, there's no way I want to be balanced. You don't balance it. It's where you depend on grace for supply, for strength, for ability, for blessing, for increase. Or you are standing on the law of demand that is constantly demanding things from you. Apostle John, in, jo- in Romans chapter 6, Apostle Paul, in Romans chapter 6, verse 14, says, Sin shall not have dominion over you. You can put it there. Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law. You are under grace. You are, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. This scripture is full with revelation. And I want all of you to listen to it tonight. What does it mean to be under law? Because the word sin connotes sickness. The word sin connotes poverty. The word sin connotes causes. The word sin connotes every burden. The word sin connotes limitation. And when the Bible says that sin will not have dominion, dominion means rulership. Dominion means kingship. When he says, sin will not have dominion over you, he's saying that poverty will not dominate you. Sickness will not dominate you. Evil will not dominate you. Limitation will not dominate you. I said the answer is because you are not under the law. You are under grace. What does it mean to be under the law? Under the law that he's talking about means here, under the law of God. The law of do's and don't. Watch it. What does the law do? It's not that the law is sinful. But there are three things that the law will do for any man. Number one, the law brings disqualification. 
Because the law has a standard. You can't bend it. They call it the rule. They call it the rule. Anywhere the law is applied, it will definitely disqualify some people. And where you are disqualified, you don't even expect much from the Lord again. You just relax yourself, I'm disqualified. Let's say for instance now, before you enter the university, you have to write jump. You have to score a very particular mark before you enter. In those days, in our own time, they normally played jump result out. And they will use red biro to mark. And they will say, qualify, not qualify. Once you check your name, and you see in our time, oh, and you see not qualify, you just turn back from the university. You don't even share about me. Say, everybody knows there's nothing like about me. Say, that's why people like me wrote jam four times. Four times. And I can tell the university I apply. I apply UI. I apply IFE. I apply Elori. Three solid universities. I chose biochemistry at a time in IFE. I chose biochemistry at a time in Ibadan. Then I chose zoology, University of Elori. You only go there to check. Once you check and you discover your name is not among the rule number, you don't say, help me. You just go home and take another jump. So, and I took the jump the fourth time. I chose University of Nigeria in Suka. As far as University of Nigeria in Suka was, I traveled there and I saw my name qualify. I was number one on the science. I've been doing it for so long now. Four times. What do you expect? Even Buari that did the lecture four times, he won. <laughs> so, and in those times, it is pencil and paper. You say it. If you pass, you will be feeling that, ah, no, no, no. And it's not about passing. They will tell us then that JAM is a scholarship exam. They take the best. If we just type merit and they qualify. That's the way they do it then in those days. So, what the law does is that the law disqualifies some people. We are not saying the law is bad. But under the law, there is no way you will not be disqualified on some issues. That's what we are saying. Anyone that operates under the law will be disqualified for the blessing of God. You will be disqualified. You will never feel that you have attained the standard to be blessed. Because the standard of God is so high. So what the Jews does was that they lower the standard to fit into their own normal capacity. They lower this. And that's what some of us will do. Like say for instance, now you are somebody that loves tying scarf. You will say, tying scarf is holy, but tricer is sin. So you have lowered the standard of God to your own standard. But the law of God is not like that. The law of God is pristine. It is high. It cannot waver. If you say, don't eat alarm fish, you eat it, you have broken all the law. It disqualifies the people. That is why you see that in the time of Jesus, most Jews and Pharisees, they do not move towards Jesus because they were not expecting blessing from God based on their natural disqualification. That is number one thing that the Lord does. He disqualifies them. In fact, there are sometimes the Lord will say, Anyone that you see committing this sin, stone the person to death. Yeah, it's there in the law. And they will pick stone and stone the person because that is the law. The law does not bend. Number two thing that the law does 
is that the law condemn you from your heart. Once you know the law, somebody tells you the law, or maybe you have heard about the law, you feel condemned. When you feel condemned, you feel guilty. You feel that you should be punished. You are expecting punishment instead of blessing. That's number two things that the law does. That's number two things that the law does. Number three thing that the law gives man is that the law gives man fear towards God. Because if you are approaching the altar of God and you know that God can kill, you know you are guilty, you know you are disqualified. You're already expecting punishment. You don't know how severe the punishment will be. So you are afraid. People are afraid from God. And it's just so natural. Even people come to church now and they don't want to sit very close to the altar because they don't know anything that God will say. Right from the time of Old Testament, people have always been fearful of God. Why? Because they feel guilty. Why? They feel disqualified to move very close. So they are, they are, they are always afraid. Always afraid even to ask God for something. Always afraid to move near. Because they see God as somebody that can consume them with fire because of judgment. Not consume their enemy, consume them in the church. And do you know that even in the Old Testament, even when the priests are going to the holies of holy, they tie chain around them because God may kill them inside the holies of holy. That is why when you are entering the presence of God, you enter with chain. So that as you are walking, you are praying. You are making sand. People know that God has not killed him. Let's know whether God will kill him next. Let's, so they are moving with chains. So the moment there is no sand again that you are moving, ah, Baba Tikpasibe, I said, they will quickly bring him out. So even your wife and your children that see that it's your turn to go and pray for the people, they are afraid. They don't know whether you are going to come out alive. So fear is a natural thing under the law. Under the law, three things happen. Number one, disqualification. Number two, condemnation and guilt. Number three, fear towards the things of God and his word is a natural thing. Why is it that the Bible says that when you are under grace, sin will not have dominion over you? Because under grace, it is supply. Whatever the qualification for you to be blessed is supplied to you on free, free, free tickets. That's what grace does. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9. He said, for by grace are you safe. True faith. That is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Not of your work. Lest any man should boast. So you know you are coming to the presence of God. It's not because you have bought it with a price. It is a gift that is given to you. It is not of your work. It is not of your right doing. That's the one thing that happened under grace. Under grace, there is supply of righteousness. For those people that receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Grace, number one. Gives supply is a natural thing. Instead of demand that talk about qualification, demand that qualify you to pray, demand that qualify you to receive answer, demand that qualify you to be blessed, the grace supply it. 
as you approach the throne of God, the supply for you to be qualified to pray or to intercede is given to you. And Jesus made so many expressions of that in the New Testament. He said there was a man that threw a big party. And when he invited people that are worthy, none of them want to come. So he moved into the highway and said, call the unworthy. Watch it. Matthew 20. When they called the unworthy, he said, change their garment. The garment was supply. It was supply. So he qualified the unworthy under grace. The unworthy become qualified. That's why you see some people, they just give their life to Christ and they are blessed. You see some people, they just give their life to Christ. They lay their hand on the sick and the sick get ill. You see some people, they don't know as much as you know. But the moment they approach God, they receive answers. Because under grace, there is constant supply. We call it grace upon grace. That's the number one thing that happened under grace. Number two things that happen under grace at all time is joy. Joy of the Lord become your strength. Under grace, there is supply of joy. You don't know where you, what, why you are happy. You don't have money, but you are much, much more joyful than people that have more money than you. Because the joy of the Lord has become your strength. The joy of the Lord is springing from your heart. You are asking yourself, why am I singing? All my mates are in the university. All my mates are doing well. All my mates have more money than me. All my mates seem to have good things of life more than me. But yet, you see that when you wake up in the morning, there's a bower of joy that is coming from within you. Because that joy is not from yourself. It is of God. It is given to you from the Lord. We call it joy of the Lord. Not joy that you manufacture and you are trying to think. Joy that you cannot even explain. Somebody asks you, have they paid your salary? Is there anything that is happening? You say, I don't know. But something inside me just tells me I should be singing. That is grace. Grace does the supply of joy. Jesus said, anybody that take my water, we have a boil, a well of joy inside him. It will spring to everlasting life. It's joy. It's natural with people that are born again. It's so natural. It's so natural. Number one thing that happened is what? Under, under grace is what? It is what? It is supply. Grace qualify. As you are approaching the altar of God, you are born again, you have received Jesus. He qualified the unworthy. That's what grace does. Grace qualify you. You are saved by grace. You are blessed by grace. You are increasing by grace. Not because you are worthy. That's why you see that even the unworthy, they are blessed in the church. The unworthy. Somebody has just offended you, yet he's blessed. Somebody has just offended you, yet he's having testimony. You have just closed a door on somebody, yet God is opening so many other doors for him. Because grace qualified the unworthy. It's not about what people say. It's about what God says. And when grace is at work, he qualified the unworthy. I pray that grace will qualify you today. That's number one thing that happened under grace. Number two thing that happened under grace is joy that flow from within, not because of what you have. The joy that money cannot buy. Look, you don't know what it takes, but I'm going to tell you, there are some rich people that are never happy. They sleep on a very good bed. 
they have uh, AC, they have car, they have money, but yet they are never, never, never happy. Some of them are even using antidepressants because they are always depressed. And they were asking, are you thinking about something? I don't know. I'm just worried. Some people are blessed, yet they are worried. There's no joy that is coming from within them. Why? Because it's only God that can give joy that lasts. It's only joy. You, you can have everything and not be happy. You can have food and you are not happy. But yet, God is the one that gives joy. Because under Christ, there is the comforter that is at work. You just think about your life. And you say, Lord, I want to give you all the glory. Somebody say, what have you achieved? You say, the gift of life. I'm grateful for the gift of life. The joy is coming from within. That's what happened under grace. Number three thing that happened under grace is hope. People that give their life to Christ and they are working under grace, they constantly receive fresh hope from the Lord. Something is telling them that their tomorrow will be better than today. Anyone that is working under grace will enjoy a lot of hope. I said some years back, and I never knew I would be where I am today. I was traveling to Ibadan in my total Tasse car. And I say, I am happy for giving my life to Christ. And they say, why? I say, if I don't have anything at all, I have discovered every day I have new hope for living. I am surprised with people around me in my office at home that when they talk, they talk as somebody without hope. They will say, any bad thing may happen today. Even rich men are afraid of tomorrow. They say, any sickness can happen now. And it will wipe away all my money. Any evil can happen now. But people that live under grace, there is a constant supply of hope. Apostle Paul said, Three times I prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in your weaknesses. He said, Most gladly, therefore, I will rejoice in my weaknesses, so that the grace of God may be available to me. Another one says, I will boast in my weaknesses. What does it mean? In other words, when people look at me and they look at my torn shirt, I'm not looking for I'll be happy because I know there's hope for me. That's what grace does. Grace knows that it doesn't take you to be blessed. It's take God. So there's no way you know the future is far, far better than today. Because when grace is at work, it can only get better. It's going to be supply upon supply. Blessing upon blessing. The part of the joss is like a shining light that gets brighter and gets better until that perfect day. That's the three things that happen under grace. That is why all of us must focus on grace. Because when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we become hopeless. Say for instance, now you look at your bank account and you know there is no money. Like I said some years back, I say, when my mother died, and they say, oh, she's dead. I look at my account, I become hopeless. Because my status that time cannot give me hope. Can't give me hope. There is no way based on my bank account and statistics around me, Give my mother a befitting barrier. There was no way. I have to take my hope to the grace supply. God, let grace be imparted to me. 
let grace be imparted to you. And my wife knows what I went through. It takes grace for you to have hope even when situations are hopeless because grace will supply hope. You know why I'm saying this? There are some people that are hopeful. Their statistics around them look so bright and shiny, yet they are dying because there is no hope. How can you see somebody that is a graduate that is working, a medical doctor, jump into lagoon committing suicide? It's because that person have fear that there is no hope. How can you see somebody say, I have tried. There is no way I can make it in this life. Please, my mother, take care of yourself and commit suicide. It's because they have no hope. It's only grace that can give hope. Even when the situation is completely hopeless, Jesus, the author of hope, can give hope. That's why the Bible says, sin shall not have dominion over you because law brings disqualification. Law brings demand. Law give back to fear, but grace give back to hope. Even when there is no hope, 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 that's what grace does. I don't care how terrible the situation may be around you. What I know is that the God of grace will give you hope. He will give you fresh hope. He will give you new hope. He will give you bright hope. And you will never be discouraged again in Jesus' name. Hopelessness brings depression and discouragement. Maybe you are owing somebody. Maybe you have tried. Maybe something is not working. And you look at yourself. There is no way I can make it. Then you become hopeless. And I've seen there are some Christians like that. Even though they are born again. They will say there is no way. I've seen unbelievers like that. Without hope. Without hope. I met a man, I shared a story, he was sharing a testimony with me when I was in this place. It's when I built this house, that I built this house, that I built this house. But I've lost all. I said, yes, you can still have restoration. God can restore all. He said, it's not possible. Pastor, don't deceive me. I know God can never do it again. I said, are you sure? I said, okay, let me call people that are working for me. I said, listen to me again. God will restore he said, Pastor, don't deceive me. Ah, they say, hey, Master, hey, man. Hey, man, Samini. If you are not born again, you will not have hope. Even when they pray for you, there are some people that come to church. All they do in church is to ping phone. As far as they are concerned, there is nothing God can do for them. They are hopeless. They are discouraged. They are depressed. They don't ever have any hope. They don't ever have any hope in the Lord again. It's grace that breeds new hope. Sin shall not have dominion over you because there is constant supply of hope. The reason why people don't pray to God is because they don't believe God will answer their prayer. That's why they don't pray. They'll come to God and say, where can God, where was God when this thing happened? There are some people that have carried hopelessness for the past 25 years. And when you tell them God is able to do anything, they are not ready to hear you. They are not ready to hear you. Because as far as they are concerned, that chapter is closed. I want to trust God tonight for a fresh hope. You say, I've been praying. I've been trying. Yet, 
grace supply hope. Father Abraham hope against hope. Romans chapter 4 verse 18 to 20. Who against hope? Believe in hope. Where does he get hope? A fresh supply of hope. Sarah believed God. Hebrew 11, 11. Even though she was dead, she received faith to conceive and she gave birth to a son. In her old age, because there was hope for her, there's still hope for you. And that hope is in Christ. Jesus' hope does not disappoint. No matter what the doctor says, no matter what the economy says, no matter what human being says, people can look at your life and summarize you and say you can never achieve anything. But under Christ, there is hope for the hopeless. It is never over when God, the author of hope, is still supplying hope into your heart. That what grace does. Sin shall not rule over you. Poverty will not rule over you. Because under grace, there is constant supply of joy. You don't even know how it's coming. But the joy of the Lord becomes your strength and you are just singing. Under Christ, there is constant supply of what? Of hope. Under Christ also, you discover that everything you need is being supplied. Qualification is supplied. As you approach before him, you are just qualified. And I pray tonight that all of you will enjoy a fresh supply of qualification. Whatever you need to enjoy, enjoy the qualification. To have the benefit of that thing in Jesus' name. Whatever supply you need, enjoy supply of joy. Wherever there is hopelessness, enjoy a fresh supply of hope. In the mighty name of Jesus. This month, every discouraging factor will die. It will give back to a new hope. All of a sudden, your face will be bright again. You'll be beaming with joy. The glory of the Lord will come upon you. And you are going to have testimony. Say with me, sin shall not have dominion over me. I am not under demand. You are under what then? You are under grace. What does grace mean? You are under what this month? I can't hear you. Where are you under this month? Everything you need to be supplied, receive in Jesus' name. Law means demand. Demand for qualification. Demand for innocency. Demand. Grace means supply. Grace means joy. Release of joy. Grace means hope. Even when there is no hope. That's what grace does. And that's what you should receive from the Lord. Rise up on your feet right now. Rise up on your feet. Raise your hands to heaven. And say sin shall not have dominion over me. Sickness will not have dominion over me. Failure will not have dominion over me. Affliction, bad dream will not have dominion over me. Sickness will not have dominion over me. Evil reports will not have dominion over me. I am not under demand. I am under supply. Under supply. Under supply. Supply. My present help in time of need. In the mighty name of Jesus. I will not be disqualified from God's blessing. Nobody can disqualify me. Grace qualify me. For every blessing that I need this month. Somebody say somebody like you cannot build a house. 
Somebody says somebody like you. How much are you, honey? You cannot live well. Somebody says somebody like you cannot live a healthy life. Grace is here to supply. Qualifies the unworthy. That's what grace does. Let there be a supply for supernatural health. Let there be a supply for strength. They that wait upon the Lord, he will renew their strength. I receive a renewal of strength against all statistics in the mighty name of Jesus. Against every fact, I receive new strength. In the mighty name of Jesus, I receive new strength. In the mighty name of Jesus, grace qualify me to be blessed. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayer. Everybody open your eyes. There are two people in the Bible that Jesus said their faith is great. Number one, a centurion man. Number two, a Canaanite woman. These are people that will drag God to receive more from him. The centurion man said, I'm a man under authority. When I say to this, he go, when I said, ah, Jesus said, this is a great faith. I've not seen one like this in Israel. The second one was a Canaanite woman that even her daughter also was sick. And Jesus said, it is not good to throw children's bread onto the dog. And the woman said, even the dog eats crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus said, woman, great is your faith. Receive what you want. What make these two people to have great faith? Thank God one is a man, the other is a woman. So you can't say it's because the person is a man or a woman. Number one is that they were both Gentiles. They don't know the law. Law disqualify. The more religious you are, the less you receive from God. The more conscious you are about grace, the more you receive from the Lord. The more That's why there are so many poor pastors. The more religious you are, the less qualified you are to receive from them. Because the law will demand from you and disqualify you. The law will disqualify you from being blessed. But grace qualifies you to be blessed. Tonight I'm preaching to you, you are qualified to be blessed. And this month you are going to be blessed. You will not be sick. You are qualified to live a healthy life. You will see your children children. Faith of God will rest upon you. You are qualified to have answers to your prayers. Grace qualifies you. So and Jesus said, woman, man, great is your faith. Great faith come when you don't know the law. Raise your hands to heaven. Say, I know no law against myself. I am qualified to receive great blessing from the Lord in the name of Jesus. Go ahead. This month I will receive great blessing from the Lord in the name of... Say it and say it well. Some of you, you have filled your heart with a lot of things. You fill it all, your heart with a lot of impediments against your blessing. Nothing will distract me. I receive that great faith to receive great blessing. Nothing will hold me back in the mighty name of Jesus. Nothing will hold me back. I receive supply. I am qualified to be blessed. I am qualified to be blessed. I am qualified. Ay, 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 ay. Go ahead and say, I'm if anybody is qualified to be blessed in this church, you are number one. I am qualified to be blessed, to enjoy good life. The Bible says, I shall be loved above all people. I must be loved above all people. No if will befall me. No disaster will befall me. 
I am a different species. I am a beloved child of God. The blessing of God will rest upon me in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Even under the law of Moses, when Moses was talking to the Israelites, he said, The Lord did not choose you because you are better or you are more in number. He said, Because the Lord loved your father. That is why he chose you and decided to bless you. When you get to, you can read Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 7 and verse 30. You can put it there. He said, The Lord chose you because he loved your father. Because the Lord loved Jesus, he will choose you. He will bless you. You'll be blessed above all people. Nobody will qualify to pity you. Every man that sees you will envy you. Are you saying amen very well? The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you are more in number than any other people for you are the least of all the people on the earth. Put on verse 8. Look at what he says. Look at verse 8. But because the Lord loves you, can somebody say the Lord loves me? Are you opening your ears right now? Turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I am special. And it's not my fault. I'm just loved by the Lord. There's nothing I can do about it. So I'm qualified to be blessed. Come on, shout hallelujah. Some people will try to disqualify you. They will say, ah, show leg bad. Say righteousness. Don't mind them all. There are some people that God still hear their prayer. If somebody appear to you and say, God sent me to you, say, ah, it may long. Five and six, never. As often goes off me. He will tell me, kill a Thomas of me. Don't let anybody tell you that you are far from God. You are very close. And he will answer your prayer. Look at what he says. But because the Lord loves you, and because he will keep the covenant which he swore to your father, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage. From the land of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. One thing that the Lord does also is to keep you in bondage. Put it in verse 13 and 14. Let's see why grace qualifies people. He said, I chose you not because you are better. I can quote 10 scripture how God qualified the unworthy. I can quote it here now for you to say. This is just one. Verse 13. And he will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land and the grain and your new wine and your and the increase of your cattle and the sprint of your flock in the land which is sure to your father to give you. Verse 14. Verse 14. Verse 14. Quickly, you shall be blessed above all people. Say with me, I shall be blessed. Because I am love, I will have supply in surplus. Excess supply. I shall be blessed. Because I am love in the mighty name of Jesus. Nothing will limit me. The Lord cannot limit me. I am blessed. I shall be loved above all people. Open your mouth and say, I shall be loved. I shall be loved. Among your mother's children, you will be the best. Okay, Second Samuel chapter 9, verse 7. Good. Let's read it again. We are going to pray. This is what grace does. This is what grace does. Quickly. Second Samuel chapter 9, verse 7. And so David said to him, Do not fear. This was to Mephibosheth. Do not fear. Look at what he says. For I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. Because of Jesus, you are going to enjoy supply. Amen. You enjoy grace. Amen. Jesus, my 
you're giving your life to Christ. You will not regret following God. All of you here, we have a sweet testimony. In the mighty name of Jesus. It shall be from glory to glory for you. You will not regret coming to Abundant Grace Church. Grace will be revealed in your life. Look at what it says. For Jonathan, your father's sake, I will show you kindness. And I will restore to you all the land of your saw, or of all the land of saw your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Now, this guy that David was promising was at Lodebar, and he was lame at his two feet. And this is the palace food, palace promise. So, some of you that think that you are worthy. The worthy people are working hard in the feet without food. Mephibosheth lame at his two feet. He said, I'm also faithful to you because of your father. Put on verse 8. We are going to do that. Quickly, quickly. Look at what he says. Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead duck as I? Who can be unqualified like Mephibosheth? Dead at his two feet. Cannot even walk. Yet, it was favored. Because favor is never fair. In fact, most times, favor is not given to the qualified. I'm telling you. Some of you don't believe this. It doesn't give to the qualified. It is grace that qualifies a man. Queen Esther became king. It was not a bonafide uh, uh, what do I call native of that particular place. Queen Esther. And I have no father. I have no mother. She sprang up by grace. Esther chapter 2 verse 9. The king loved Esther more than all the virgins. All of them were virgins. But the king loved her and made her queen instead of her city. And Esther began to reign. Nowhere. No genealogy. No background. No connection. The king set his eyes on her. Chose her to be the queen. Somebody say, eh, eh. No mother. It was an uncle that raised her. No background, no history. Was not a native. Period. God raised Joseph from nowhere, from prison. <laughs> God raised him on the altar of grace. God promoted Joseph. Raise your hands to heaven. Where you are not qualified, grace qualify you tonight. You have been looking for favor, grace qualify you. You have been looking for open door, grace qualify you. Whatever you could not achieve by your labor, receive it by grace. Connection you should not get by your power, receive it by grace. I pray for you tonight. This morning you will be loved above all people. None of us in this church will be disgraced. In the mighty name of Jesus. Because grace qualifies you for blessing. Every blessing you need to enjoy your life this year, receive it in the name of Jesus. Say with me, I'm not under the law. I'm not under demand. I'm under the qualification of Jesus. I'll be blessed above all people. I will enjoy restoration. I will enjoy peace. What other people cannot enjoy by struggling, by fasting, by sacrifice. I enjoy it under grace. Grace work for me. Grace give me testimony. Grace make me heavy. Grace bless my life. Grace, make me shine. Grace, give me Johnny Mercy. Grace, supply good earth. Grace, will help me.
come and shout amen. amen. Now we are going to pray two more prayer. I've, I've established that very well. So anytime the devil is telling you that ah, you can't receive, say okay. If Jesus cannot receive it, maybe I cannot receive it. But Jesus qualify me. I'm standing on the altar of grace to receive this. Number two things that happen under grace is joy. This month, nobody will console you. Nobody will tell you a tujuka. Nobody will tell you a rainy. Nobody will sorrow with you. Nobody will beg you to eat. The joy of the Lord will give you energy. Raise your hands to heaven. Say, the joy of the Lord that flow from grace. Let it come to me in the mighty name of Jesus. Let people envy me because of joy. Unstoppable joy. Holy joy. Let it spring up within me. Let the joy of the Lord become my strength. Help me to smile at all time. Life at all time. Dance at all time. Be happy at all time. Lord Jesus, let there be a supply of joy from heaven that cannot stop. In the mighty name of Jesus, nothing will bother me. Nothing will worry me. Nothing will make me sad. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is more than enough for me. The joy of the Lord is helping me to be happy and to be alive. The joy of the Lord overwhelms me. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayer. Romans chapter 4, verse 18 to 20. Put it there quickly. We are going to pray for hope. Look, it is not over until you lose hope. Because God can never give up on you. But don't ever give up on God. God is a God of hope. He can give you fresh hope. You look at your life, it seems there is no T-junction. Everything just without root. Yet, God can make a way in the wilderness. Look at what happened. Who contrary to hope? In hope, he believed. Can you see that? So that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendant be. The mother of faith is hope. You cannot be discouraged until you are hopeless. Many people are hopeless. In fact, many people sin against God because they have given up on God. Not because they know it's not sin. They say, where was God when this thing happened? And they began to rebel against the Lord. Caleb said, do not rebel against the Lord. There is hope for us. Numbers chapter 14 verse 8. The people are bred for us. We can still conquer the land. It is not over. We are going to win. Stop crying. Stop crying. Stop crying. Don't be weak in your body. Stop crying. There is hope for us. We can still move forward. There is still hope. Fresh hope for us. We can still become multi-millionaire. We can still have our children's children. We can still be blessed. There is hope for us. Look at it. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Verse 9. Look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Number one. Don't rebel against the Lord. Don't lose hope in God. Don't say I've been praying. I've been confessing. 
I am tired, Jare. That is rebelling against the Lord. Don't rebel. Don't stop doing your good work. Don't stop being happy. Don't stop doing your fellowshipping. Jose, don't rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. You become afraid when you are hopeless. That's when you become afraid. If you believe God is on your side, you become hopeful and strong and confident that God will provide. By his grace, God will provide. By his grace, God will do it. By his grace, God is on my side. By his grace, tomorrow will be better. By his grace, answers will come. By his grace, connection will come. You may not know how God will do it, but God will do it. God told me something. When you have hope, I will organize men for you. Yeah, that's what God told me. When you have hope, I will make sure I organize people for you. When you lose hope, you scatter people around you. Because hopelessness can be seen in the face. When you agree with somebody and you lack hope, it can be seen in the face that you are hopeless. And they don't want to come near a hopeless person. Because hopelessness is also contagious. But when you have hope, good morning, sir. It is where, sir? God's on the throne, sir. And you are looking awful. So many of us, we have resigned ourselves to failure even before we even start a project. Because we are not awful. Instead of thinking about hope, we are thinking about negative things that could happen. And most of the time, negative things do not happen to the children of God. I pray for you tonight. No negative thing will happen for you or happen to you in the name of Jesus. Raise your hands to heaven. Say, Father, I will not rebel against you. I will not fear the enemy. My hope is in the Lord. I believe you will answer me. I believe you will not abandon me. I believe you will not disappoint me. Lord, supply fresh hope, fresh hope for living, fresh hope for prosperity, fresh hope for good earth. Though the fig tree do not wither, I will believe in hope. I believe a change is coming in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Everybody open your eyes. We are going to take the Holy Communion. What is hope? Hope is believing in the future. You don't have it now. The circumstance does not show that you are going to have it. It's not looking good, but I think something will still happen. Before tomorrow, a miracle will happen. That's what, that's what hope is. My friend, we come to church because we believe God owns the future. We are limited in our capacity. I may not know tomorrow, but I know the one that knows tomorrow. I may not have control over tomorrow, but I know God has a power over tomorrow. And I believe if I follow him, my tomorrow will be alright. That is my belief. That is my hope. I believe that my prayer is not in vain. God is on my side. I believe God is good. I may not be seeing the good thing around me today, but I believe his word will not fall to the ground. I believe what he says will come to pass. Your hope will not fall to the ground. This month there will be supply of fresh hope. You will not be afraid. You will not rebel, but God will bless you. Raise your hands to heaven. Say, Father, fill my heart with fresh hope. Don't let me give up on you or rebel against you or fear my enemy. In the mighty name of Jesus, I know you love me. 
and you will always give me victory at all time you will give me victory victory tonight victory tomorrow victory throughout this month victory whatever i do i will have victory i have hope in the lord i have hope in the lord i will not give up on god because god will not give up on me there's hope for me my tomorrow will be all right in the mighty name of jesus in jesus name we have prayer put it again on romans chapter 4 verse 18 to 20 and we're going to take the communion let's look at what father abraham did who contrary to hope in hope he believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken to him so shall your descendant be the word of the lord also give you hope whatever the word of the lord has said concerning you you trust it this month for you shall be your month of supply say i believe my supply will come and your supply will not fail this month your provision money will not fail your blessing will not fail your favor will not fail your inflow will not fail say amen three times Put on verse 19. We are going to 20. Go quickly, quickly, quickly. We are running up. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his body, his own body, already dead. Since he was a boss and 100 years. There's a reason not to have hope, but we will not consider it. All the reasons. Don't consider any negative reason this month. Don't consider what? Let me preach to your neighbor. Say, don't consider any negative reason. God will work for you. And you will have your peace. In the name of Jesus. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. <laughs> you know, the case, the case of Abraham is completely hopeless. Himself was dead. His pastor's body also was dead. Yet, Father Abraham said, oh, there is still hope for me. Watch it. He did not waver at the promise of God. If the word of God does not come in promissory notes, you don't need hope. The word of God is like a promissory note. But because it's a promise, you need hope to sustain the promise. You need hope to sustain the promise of God. The blessing of God comes in promissory note. When Father, as we take this holy communion, give us fresh hope. Fulfill your word. Show your people grace and kindness. Even from unexpected quarters. Let this month be our month of supply. Let joy of the Lord become our strength. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayer. Now let's come. Oh, me.